Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the CMLTA podcast. Today, we are back for part two of the complaint series to discuss what happens after a complaint is received by the college. Before we get started, it is important to remember that all information in each podcast is only applicable to current legislation, standards, codes of ethics, policies, and guidelines, all of which may change over time. If you have not yet listened to part one of the series, I would recommend you also listen to that episode as it will help your understanding of the topics discussed today. Once a complaint of unprofessional conduct is received by the complaints director of the college, a copy of the complaint is sent to the investigated person. The investigated person is the person who the complaint is about. The investigated person is then given the opportunity to respond to the complaint. In their response, they would usually give their account of the conduct that occurred, which can include an admission of the unprofessional conduct and details of why and how it occurred and steps they are taking to remediate the situation, or they may submit a different account of what happened with details or evidence to support that their actions were not unprofessional conduct. Any response from the investigated person is also shared with the complainant. The complainant is the individual who submitted the complaint or the employer that submitted the notice of termination or suspension. The complaints director must then decide how to act on the complaint. The Health Professions Act, or HPA, gives direction on which actions the complaints director may take. The complaints director may encourage the complainant and the investigated person to communicate and resolve the complaint, or they may, with the consent of both parties, attempt to resolve the complaint. Both of these forms of complaints resolution are often called informal resolutions. Typically, these would be used in situations where conduct is minor in nature and where both parties agree on the conduct that occurred that resulted in the complaint. Informal resolutions that are remediated by the complaints director can include an agreement that action taken by the employer is sufficient enough to resolve the complaint, or they can include additional undertakings such as education or the payment of a fine for the resolution. No matter what the resolution, both the complainant and the investigated person must agree to how the complaint is resolved. The complaints director may also request that an expert assess the subject matter of the complaint and provide a written report. Getting reports from experts is common when the complaint is regarding specific knowledge or skills of the profession in a particular area of practice. This information provided by the expert would then be used by the complaints director to determine what other action should be taken on the complaint. The HPA does not limit what type of actions the complaints director may take after receiving this report, so it can still be resolved through any complaint resolution pathway described in the HPA. The complaints director may also make a referral to an alternate complaints resolution process, also known as ACR, if the complainant and investigated person agree to it. The ACR process is more formalized than an informal resolution, however, it does still require both parties to agree to the resolution. The individual who conducts the ACR acts similarly to a mediator and must be impartial and act impartially. They receive all information relevant to the complaint, including any reports from subject matter experts. They also have the ability to request an expert to submit a report on subject matter of the complaint, much like the complaints director can. In an ACR, a member of the college must be present or conduct the ACR, so an MLT who is not the investigated person would need to be part of the process. Before the ACR begins, the individual has been appointed to conduct the ACR works with all parties to establish the procedures and objectives of the ACR, which are put into writing and signed by all parties. This formalizes that all parties are agreeing to resolving the complaint in this manner. The person conducting the ACR assists both parties in working towards a proposed settlement. 
The proposed settlements of an ACR process are the agreed-upon actions that the complainant must complete in order to resolve the complaint. There are no restrictions on what the resolutions can be, so they can include apologies, reflections on the conduct, fines, education, or any other method agreed upon by the parties. The reason it is called a proposed settlement at this point is because the proposed settlement must be reviewed by a complaints review committee. Each college under the HPA is required to have a list of regulated members who can form either hearing tribunals or complaint review committees. These individuals are appointed by the council and receive training so that they are prepared for their roles. The government also has a list of appointed public members who can be selected to form hearing tribunals or complaints review committees. Once a proposed settlement is reached in an ACR process, the hearings director of the college establishes a complaints review committee with at least two members from the list of eligible MLTs and at least two public members. It is important to note that the Complaints Review Committee must have at least 50% public member representation. Once the Complaints Review Committee is formed, they receive a copy of the proposed settlement for review. The Complaints Review Committee's job is to ensure that the proposed settlement is reasonable. The Complaints Review Committee can ratify the settlement, meaning that they would validate the proposed settlement and it would officially become the agreed-upon settlement, or they can amend or change the settlement before they ratify it, or they can refuse to ratify it. In a situation where an amendment is made to the settlement, both the investigated person and the complainant must still agree to the amendments. Typically, a complaints review committee would only refuse to ratify the agreement in a situation where the proposed settlement is completely inappropriate for the unprofessional conduct that occurred. Once a decision is made by the complaints review committee, they must report the decision to the complaints director. If at any time the investigated person does not comply with the settlement, this would be considered unprofessional conduct, and it could be treated as a complaint and referred to the hearings director for a hearing. When used appropriately, ACR can be an effective way to manage a complaint as both parties get to be actively involved in the process and in agreement on the solution. In order for this process to be successful, it is necessary for parties to mostly agree to the facts of what occurred. This would not be an appropriate way to resolve a complaint where the complainant and the investigated person have very different views on what occurred. For example, if the complainant submitted a complaint detailing a privacy breach where an MLT looked up family members' medical records and the MLT or investigated person, is completely denying that the breach took place, ACR would not be the appropriate way to resolve that complaint. Unfortunately, sometimes both parties who do agree on the conduct that occurred still cannot agree on a settlement during the ACR process. If in the opinion of the person conducting the ACR, a proposed settlement cannot be reached between the parties, they must notify the complaints director. At this point, the complaints director would need to begin an investigation, refer the matter to a hearing, or dismiss the complaint. As well, if at any time during an ACR, information is introduced that is substantially different from the original complaint, the person conducting the ACR must report this to the complaints director, as the information may change the way in which the complaints director would have worked to resolve the complaint. At this point, the complaints director must decide whether or not the ACR process can continue. After receiving a complaint, the complaints director may also require the investigated person to undergo an incapacity assessment. This would typically be done if the complaint alleged that the MLT was not physically or mentally fit to practice. If an incapacity assessment is required, the investigated person would need to undergo physical and or mental health assessments. If these assessments deem that the MLT is physically or mentally incapacitated, the complaints director may direct the individual to undergo specific treatment. 
The complaints director may require the MLT to cease providing professional services until the treatment is completed and a report or assessment is received with evidence that the MLT is no longer incapacitated. An example of when this may may be used is if an MLT is found to be under the influence of drugs during the provision of services and during an assessment is found to have a drug dependence issue. The complaints director may also dismiss a complaint of unprofessional conduct. The complaints director can only dismiss a complaint if there is insufficient or no evidence of unprofessional conduct or if the complaint is vexatious or trivial. Trivial complaints are usually those that are so minor that they do not amount to unprofessional conduct. Vexatious complaints are usually those that are submitted due to personal reasons, such as revenge, to annoy or harass someone, or submitted with malicious intent with no real evidence of unprofessional conduct. The only other options that the complaints director may take after receiving a complaint of unprofessional conduct is to conduct or appoint someone to conduct an investigation or refer the complaint to the hearings director for a hearing. But if you want to hear more details on investigations and hearings, you will have to tune in to our next podcast in January. I hope you enjoyed part two of the complaint series. And of course, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact the college at cmlta at cmlta.org. Thanks for tuning in.